We need some swagger in our step again. We need some confidence as Americans. Because this is just me. It's like nothing. We as a, as a, as a society in a country, we don't feel confident. We don't, you know, we're walking around with our, our heads hung low and it just doesn't feel good. We need swagger. But before I get into that point, I just want to wrap up the topic I was discussing in the previous episode. I know it was intense. I know it could be perceived as somewhat negative. Maybe even sound like a little bit of a Debbie Downer. But we got to get into the intense stuff sometimes. And obviously, me, more often than not, I like to talk about the intense topics. I like to get uncomfortable. That's where real change happens. But I know we can't stay on the intense stuff all the time because that just drains everybody. But to bring that whole idea home of the last episode and how the push is coming to shove from the East, how previous generations of wealthy Americans, the ruling class, the powers that be, set this thing up for failure. They built this empire out of, you know, the analogy you often use is a house of cards. It's not strong. It's not staple. And it feels like it's going to come crumbling down fairly soon. But I think, actually, I, I firmly believe that something we fail to do as individual people, as Americans, and definitely America as a whole, is to reflect. That's something this generation is trying to focus in on and really improve on is reflecting not only of ourselves, but of uh, the generations that came before us to heal from generational trauma and to uh, to be a more whole, complete individual, thus a society, and to be better for it. But that takes a lot of reflection, a lot of looking ourselves in the mirror and... Um, I just really believe that America as a whole and the previous generations, they didn't have that mentality. They didn't have that focus on mental health and awareness and the ability to, to America didn't and is struggling to develop the ability to look itself in the mirror and be like, Hey, you're fucked up and you fucked up, but you're also, you can be really good at times. You're really awesome and you, you can be special but you like to just shotgun too many four locos and make stupid ass decisions. So let's clean it up. Let's sober up and let's, let's be the great America. The, you know, oh those two were together almost sting a little bit, Ah! but to, to be as amazing and special as we can be as individuals and as of a collective, as uh, as American citizens. So what do we do? I mean, when we're in that 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 time, that season of reflection, as I really think we are, um, whether we consciously know it or not, I think America is having to come uh, to terms with its past to reconcile in the present and to hopefully improve on and to make a better future. But I mean, look at the facts as I was, you know, relating everything to the, the current um dynamic transition that it seems that China and the in the and the eastern hemisphere is experiencing and you know becoming even more of a powerhouse so i go into you know china's seemingly thriving and flourishing developing middle class it's like they they studied us they you know were taking notes and they're like oh developing a fruitful middle class that can somewhat sustain itself 
thus, which again, middle class is a whole another topic I've touched about in the past and how it puts us, you know, in the hardest place to uh, um, support lower class and to, you know, continue to build up the upper class and they get further and further away from the rest of us um, with their wealth. And that's a whole nother that again, that's an intense one. We're going (laughs) to wrap up this intense topic. We'll get into that more intense stuff in the future. But to say that China studied the U.S. and the way we started operating in recent decades, like, okay, we can do that, too. And we can see how it can benefit, um, you know, Team China as a whole and, and what to do with it from there. And, you know, again, this is outside perspectives. We only know, you know, to the best of our ability, what we observe over in the east of, uh, uh, you know, different articles and reports and um, of just, you know, shared information when when there is some um but it's hilarious now for you know you turn on any um american you know political news channel and there was something like oh you know china's bad news and china's trouble and this and that yada yada bad 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 it's like did you really think like the way things were the way these systems were in place for the past several decades would last forever did you think that outsourcing all of our labor to China and other parts of the world was gonna, it was really like a foolproof system. And so this goes back to how I concluded last episode of, you know, I said, pulling those skeletons out of the closet for, you know, Americans who come from generational wealth, whose, whose grandpappies and grandpappies, grandpappies, you know, those Americans who have their family history and their legacy intact and they know where they come from they know what the generations before them did to create the lifestyles that they now enjoy you gotta look back folks folks who you know who uh who identify with this description at your like i said grandfathers and and great-grandfathers like that's on them they 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 set up the system of, of debt and credit it has no substance it has no value it's not you know it doesn't have a strong foundation and so what's the narrative we often hear these days especially in like the middle you know working class population and you know you get some really obnoxious voices on you know either side of the issue but then what's the constant narrative oh foreigners are taking our jobs oh our jobs are being outsourced oh it's their fault it's you know this problem it's over here and this and that blah blah and thus, you know, I believe, you know, hardworking everyday American citizens are led to believe like, oh, it's it's this foreigner's fault. And it's, oh, it's them fault for taking cheap labor. And, and so, you know, um, corporations can get more bang for their buck for them instead of us and this and that. So it's their fault. And blah, blah, blah. It's like, don't point the finger at different parts of the world for doing what what they can. And thus it wasn't necessarily their ideas to begin with we need to you know turn the lens back around and look at ourselves and be like oh our generations before us did that they saw opportunities to be aggressive capitalists and be like hey why do we have to pay americans fair livable wages when we can outsource these you know rigorous labor-intensive jobs over to the east and pay you know those people the equivalent to like a couple bucks a day which is horrendous so for us nowadays, 
I feel like we're in between a rock and a hard place. Don't point the finger and blame other peoples and other nations. Those are our generations before us who set that up. And who, you know, pretty much set us up for failure. And like when in history has benefiting off the backs of oppressed people been a sound, smart, long-term plan? Looking at you, early colonial America and enslaving African people. Obviously, that was a horrible idea. And like, and of course, any dominating countries, any superpowers, winners prospered off the backs of losers, to put it in simple terms, which is, you know, it's horrible to think about. It's like victors prospered over the conquered. And that's a whole other topic to get into about why humans are like this and we're crazy we're just animals still throwing sticks and stones at each other, even though sticks and stones have involved, whatever. But in America's history, it's like, obviously, that wasn't a good plan. Because you're seeing it like come back and bite you in the ass as it should. Early America, like you're seeing like it was wrong to enslave people and to, you know, make them the foundation of this nation, the backbone of this nation. And now in our current generation, we're seeing people of color and communities of color prosper and succeed as they should. But through its through rigorous and strenuous trials and tribulations just to try to prosper and create success and wealth for their families. I wish it didn't have to be like that. I wish, you know, uh, was it we were all dealt uh, an equal hand of cards and, and we were able to play them well. But that's not the reality of, you know, the generation we're in. But we're trying to do our best to improve, right? This all goes back to improving on where we're at right now. That the past, it is what it is. We can't change it. But we got to improve it to the best of our ability for a better present and thus a much better future. And so that's why I'm like, when you, you know, when generations before us thus funded, you know, Asian sweatshops to manufacture all our goods and our products and our and our clothes and our materials and how horrible that was like I just think it comes as no surprise now we shouldn't be so you know taken aback like oh my gosh now China's you know coming back full force and coming like I said to collect you know to collect that debt to collect what they're owed like, hey, did you really think it could last that long to where we could just all walk around wearing Nike and 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 uh, that's just always the first example that comes when you think of, you know, sweatshop labor and how horrendous that is. But what the previous generations of the ruling class of Americans did to outsource cheap labor and to, like I said, thus create a weak foundation house of cards for future generations as which is which is what we are now in the present and thus also paint the image and create the narrative for us to point the finger and blame others across the world instead of looking back at ourselves and our predecessors and what they did wrong it's just bad and so i just wanted yeah to sum up that previous point of the push coming to shove and in order to handle it better and to this come out on the other side of this challenging time better and improved we got to reflect back look ourselves america needs to look itself in the mirror like hey you done fucked up kid (laughs) 
You're behaving in a stupid way for so long. All the fuckery. And uh, and those that you bullied. This referring to America, you know, as, as if it was a little, you know, shitty teenage boy. Hey, America, those you bullied. Well, now they've they went to school. They learned how to defend themselves and how to do better. And now they're coming back for their lunch money that you took. So don't act surprised. Don't go whining and crying to mommy and and, you know, seek help and, you know, flail and have a tantrum and say it's not fair. It's like, no. The universe is quite karmic. The bullied will eventually become stronger and come back to face the bully head on and uh, whatever happens, happens. So we'll see. But I, yeah, I just had a couple more of those thoughts on that point of the push coming to shove. On a more confident note of what Americans can and should do to be better and to gain confidence and to get a swagger in our step again, um, this thought came from um, a podcast I listened to recently, which I highly recommend. Uh, super funny, but it's uh, the Flagrant Two podcast with Andrew Schultz and Akash Singh, uh, Mark Gagnon, and uh, Alex Media, and they got a couple other key players in there and this and that. Um, I like listening to stand-up comics uh, podcasts. I like the uh, one, the humor, obviously, but two, their uh, comical perspective on the world we live in. So yeah, it's like one of my favorite podcasts, and those guys are rock stars. That being said, they had. Uh, Another rock star comedian on there this past week, uh, Tim Dillon, or a week or so ago. Um, Tim Dillon, which he's incredible. And not to, you know, not to make this a whole cliff note to their episode and it's not yada yada. But they were just talking, but they made a good point. And um, the host, Andrew Schultz, he was talking about just, you know, similar topics I'm talking about right now, like China, US, the state of the world, etc. And he was reflecting back on you know, in his youth, uh, you know, late teens uh, or college age where he got to go study abroad and he was in Spain and he just talked about walking around with the confidence of like, I'm an American in Spain. And I mean, he was, you know, he, he's being a flamboyant, obnoxious guy, which he, he can be from the sounds of it, you know, wearing like American flag shirt, like, you know, walking around, boom, bitch, I'm an American in Spain. Woo. And he's, I don't know, however old, mid to late thirties. So this was, you know, in the nineties, early or no, excuse me, uh, early two thousands. Which a lot of people that will, some of us, and like, I mean, parts of me too, whatever. Some will find that distasteful, be like, oh, that, oh my gosh, that's obnoxious. Another story of an obnoxious American being an obnoxious American somewhere else other than America. Um, but what him and Tim both did in that episode, which was great, in my opinion, they acknowledged like, yes, this doesn't apply to every American. They understood like their place of, uh, you know, of, of having built a better hand, uh, dealt a better <laughs> Belt a debtor hand. What does that mean? Book of uh, being dealt a better hand of, you know, being white men in America, thus having, you know, privileges and experiences that uh, many other Americans don't have. And so they acknowledge that, which is cool, because I, I don't think there's anything wrong with like being able to share stories of times where, hey, like sound like he had a great time traveling abroad in his youth. And he just acknowledges that also like, hey, you know, uh, and these are like his words, uh, verb, you know, more or less. It's like, yeah, like I acknowledge like walking around that American arrogance and like being able to like do that. Like it was awesome. It's like I also acknowledge like being arrogant, a bit obnoxious. But hey, like that was me, my youth and yada, yada. And so they just both did a great job of um, 
seen both sides of them sharing that story of like, yes, it's awesome to be able to do that and to have those experiences. Also, both being white men, like they're aware of, you know, um, you know, the privileges that they had and still have. And um, and also of how they could do better, of like, you know, being worldly people. And so that brought, you know, to light, like, you know, first full circle in my mind of. They also made a good point about these days it almost seems like and you hear both narratives like um especially those who love to travel you'll hear like oh my gosh another story of you know americans being obnoxious overseas on on vacation but also somewhat you hear these days is like this apologetic type energy this apologetic nature like you know say americans go on vacation in france and like you know like i'm sorry like i don't speak french like please forgive me like uh," like kind of kowtowing and just feeling bad for being american even though you want to go and experience the world and it's like, well, I don't think we need to be, you know, wimps either. But we also don't need to be obnoxious assholes like previous generations were. And, you know, on that on that podcast, Schultz made a good point. He's like, hey, like arrogance. No, but he's like, we need confidence back. We need Americans need confidence back. This that yada yada. Me personally, I like to refrain to the best of my ability of the whole sense of we need something back, meaning like previously in history. And not only as a country, but as individuals too. like, oh, we need, you know, some of that back because I, I tend to be a future focused individual. I think things we can do now to improve for a better future and what the future holds for us is that much more better to focus on. And we'll get, you know, a new form of confidence and a new form of swagger back. Damn, I just fucked it up right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll get a new form of confidence and we'll develop a new form of swagger in the future. There you go. That's what I was trying to say. And, um, you know, so that was just, you know, me appreciating what they're saying and also put my own spin on it as we all should. We should all everything we consume. Um, we should always take with a grain of salt. We should always apply like context and nuance to it because we don't 100 percent agree with everybody we listen to of everything we consume. If you do 100 percent agree with something that you're consuming, that's a little weird and kind of like culty and follower ish. I think we should always have a healthy dose of questioning anything that we are listening to or learning from. That being said, so, okay, you may ask, hey, Joshua, what is this new swagger? What is this new confidence that you think we should develop? I myself and ask, and asking my, am asking myself that. And I think it's, like I said, I don't think we should walk around with all this guilt and shame. I think there's a time as a people to acknowledge the guilt and shame of our previous generations, and but we have to improve on it shouldn't wear it like a freaking shirt and be like oh my gosh i'm so ashamed to be an american as i travel the world and just try to vacation experience different cultures and ways of life i don't think we should walk around like that like shameful wimps to put it bluntly i also don't think we should walk around previously and contribute to those stories and headlines like oh americans being obnoxious on vacation in like france like we go to france and then we go to a restaurant and we're all pissed off like y'all don't speak english here what the fuck i'm american like, bitch, you're in France. Learn to speak a little French to get by. You don't have to become, a, you know, completely fluent. But, like, take it upon yourself. Apply some effort. Learn a little to be able to get by and kind of, you know, mesh and dive in and experience the culture to the best of your ability. And things go a lot better and you have, like, a much grander vacation and experience. So I'm told. I've never been to Europe. But that's kind of the rule of thumb. Um, I've gone to predominantly, like, Spanish-speaking areas uh, throughout the U.S., um, different parts of Texas, California, and then uh, been on vacation in Puerto Rico. So, like, it's, you know, just my personal examples of 
being able to know like a little bit of the language or even just different parts of America from like different states of, you know, Texas to New York to Georgia to California, whatever people, English speaking peoples even have different ways of talking, different slang, different dialect, different ways of getting around. So I just think to develop this new confidence I'm talking about, we as Americans should be able to walk around more knowledgeable, more empowered to be more successful worldly people. I just think that's a cool future to where, or a present and a future we can work towards, to where it's like, hey, you go vacation in Europe and you can speak a little bit of language. And instead of, you know, the the locals there being like, oh, fuck here, these Americans are, you know, being assholes. They're like, oh, shit. Look, these Americans can get down. They walked in, you know, not with their heads hung low in shame, not with their chest puffed out so proud and obnoxious attitude and bravado that they're bumping into people, but the right amount of confidence of our heads held high, but also having open minds, open hearts to, you know, navigate the world properly to get down with other peoples and other nations and for them to be like, oh, hey, cool. The Americans are here. They can speak a little bit of our language. They can vibe with us a little bit. They're trying. They're applying effort. Cool. Let's welcome them. Let's be gracious hosts. You know, like that sounds awesome to me. And so I think that's what that new form of uh, confidence should be to get a swagger in our step. How we do that large scale is another, you know, task in and of itself. If we, you know, if I have magic wand and I could revamp the education system in America to where there is more emphasis on Americans being um, more knowledgeable of other people and more uh, tolerant and also um, capable of other, um, you know, countries' ways of life and their ways of communicating, that'd be awesome if we learned that from a young age, which, I mean, small portions of Americans do get that, the privilege class and their, you know, higher levels of education. But, I think it would be awesome if across the board, America as a whole did a better job of educating itself from the ground up in some utopian type future that I can imagine in my head right now. But I think it's possible. I think if we don't totally shoot ourselves in the fucking foot as a nation, we could reflect, like I said, and learn to improve on how to create a better future to be better, more knowledgeable, more empathetic, but still strong and confident American citizens, thus a better, awesome, sexy, friendly nation that, uh, you know, gets along with the rest of the world instead of, you know, being met with either uh, disdain, competitive nature, or uh, overall disgust. Because from what it sounds like, a lot of other nations are kind of disgusted with us. So let's not be like that anymore. Let's learn how to improve. And to be, uh, you know, like I said, a more worldly peoples and get along better. And I think that'll be a, a badass um, way to instill confidence and uh, to get a, a swagger in our step, so to speak, in this, you know, this new butterflies and unicorns future I describe. <laughs> but I think it's doable. I hope it's doable. I pray it's doable. And um, I think it just takes each and every one of us doing our best. Thus, we do our best together. And we improve as a whole. Let's get confident. Let's get swagger in our step. And, and uh, yeah, I think let's just uh, be good and do good. So, yeah, just wanted to share that. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, quick note. I sincerely appreciate every like, share, comment, follow, subscribe. 
review rate all that good stuff um if you hadn't had a chance to do that uh yet i would really appreciate if you took two seconds um it's just a quick you know couple clicks on your phone screen of a you know star rating review share on your stories on your social media platform what have you um because yeah I, I i want to share these conversations to the best of my ability with those who may benefit from it because um, i just think open open-minded courageously curious conversations say that five times fast um can go a long way so yeah i just wanted to put that out there and again i'm very grateful for all of you listening and uh and uh excited just to to keep this rolling so yeah let's do good let's be good we'll talk later until next time be safe take care